Welcome back to the Creator's Playbook. My name is Stephen. Hi, and I'm Sarah. And today we are talking about merchants and stores. Ooh, that sounds very captivating. <laughs> I hope so. I'm excited. I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time, so let's get into it. Merchants and stores and really just kind of collecting in general. Um, this is something that I've always loved. I love going to new places and finding those little nooks in the wall, tiny little shops that just have the most obscure things in them. And just wondering, like, who started this and why did they start this? Um, and I always feel that there's a story behind each store, like those little stores that that are in these hidden little places, there's always a story behind why this person started it. And so, Sarah, do you have any fun, obscure stores that you've ever found while doing your travels where you're just like, why Why does this exist? Why is this well, here? okay, I don't know so much about why does this exist. I do know, like, for instance, traveling to California, we go down this path where we go, like, down the I-15, then we break off at Victorville, go kind of behind the mountain, and right before you get to Palmdale, there's, like, this store called, I think it's Charlie Brown's. Kind of interesting why they call it that, and I have no idea why. I mean, are they peanut fans? No clue. Anyways, but it's, like, the largest gift shop, according to them, in the world. <laughs> of some sort and like literally you go inside and it's the most random stuff and it is literally everything you can possibly think of there is a spot in that store that has what you could be wanting and you can lose a little time in there just going through all the knickknacks now but um, the real question is do you want any of it honestly if it's no. like a souvenir <laughs> shop have you been like through the souvenir shops where you're just like um, who buys this and oh, why? Oh, oh my gosh. Don't get me started on souvenir shops because I love them so much. It is not, okay, okay. it is Whoops. not, I didn't you say cannot that. properly visit any place without, you know. without a tourist. I'm like, when I'm researching places where we can go visit, I'm like, okay, how cool is it? Are there museums or any other interesting things to go check out? And what are the shops I like? I love the museums. Oh, oh we need the, to do an oh, episode about yes. museums. Ooh, I'm putting that should. on our list. Yes, yes. I love visiting souvenir shops. I love getting mm -hmm. postcards. I always get the little mm -hmm. golden tokens. I have a collection of golden tokens. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, they do those pins. in Japan. Oh, do you remember the oh, coins? Yes, like the different places that you can go and well, like all, almost all, all over. The places. All, I yeah, I got mm -hmm. a bunch from Japan. I all over Europe. Okay, so I, I just got back literally yesterday from visiting Springdale, Utah, and Zion. And one thing that's really fun about that area is mm -hmm. it's very naturey. A lot of mm -hmm. oh, it's beautiful geology, but they yeah. actually have like three geology shops. Mm -hmm. That are oh, just I think I've been full. to one of those. Oh my goodness, they are full of mm -hmm. the most incredible specimens. Yeah. And my mission this time was to get rocks that were specific to Utah. Oh, and cool. unfortunately, <laughs> the paper is up on my dresser. Should I go get it? I don't know. I do know at least two of them. <laughs> like I got a Tiffany stone, which that mine is closed. You can no longer get Tiffany stone from Utah. I got some oh. Utah And is it only from one mine? Oh, yes. But apparently oh, the cool. mine was so dangerous that they closed it down. So you can no See, longer get- See, there's a story you can there. You can there's no a longer story. Get this I want to know why they closed yes. the mine. Then I have this other one I just fell in love with. I didn't even know this existed, but it's called Utah Honeycomb Calcite. 
and it is found in the Uinta Mountains, but it is just beautiful and it is heavy because I splurged and I got a bigger piece because I had the coolest colors. <laughs> yeah, um, it, like I think the act of collecting things is mm-hmm. is really fun. And I what I love about it most personally is that I can go through and look at my collection and Again, I can tell a story about every single one and maybe not mm-hmm. about the piece itself, but the memories that they inspire. I think like some of the stores that I love, especially like going back to Japan, I love Japanese paper shops, paper yeah. shops and calligraphy shops. I love collecting Japanese calligraphy brushes. So everything in that vein. But also I was remembering, I think I could be wrong. But if I remember correctly, back when I was way younger, because it's been a long time since I've been to Cambria, but there was a kaleidoscope shop. Do you remember that? (gasps) Yes, I do. It was amazing. And it's no longer there, unfortunately. Oh, they got rid of it? Oh, that makes me so sad. But I remember because it was like like buying and looking through pieces of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, Every single one. And there were kaleidoscopes that I never would have imagined. Huge ones. And like little tiny, like, like everything, everything under the sun was in that shop if it had something to do with kaleidoscopes. And this is something that I will never forget. And it was like each one was a little piece of art. Yeah. And I, I wish that I could have just taken the entire shop home. Talking about tourist areas, mm-hmm. like I visited Germany, for instance, and I went to the Black Forest and they are known for their cuckoo clocks, Black Forest cuckoo oh, clocks. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't get a cuckoo clock in the Black Forest because they were kind of a little pricey. <laughs> but when I was in Rudesheim, they had a souvenir shop and there was a wall of cuckoo clocks. Mm-hmm. And I found a Black Forest cuckoo clock there that I was able to get. Well, I have been so protective of this cuckoo clock because I, I knew when I went to Germany, I had to get a Germany cuckoo clock. And I just remember going through the TSA line and it was in the box and it was during our layover. And when the TSA agent opened up that suitcase with my perfectly packed cuckoo clock <laughs> in, still in the tote, in the box, I was like, uh-huh. oh, don't touch it, don't touch it. And then she would look at me because you have to stay a certain amount of feet away. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, and then, you know, you know, <laughs> so you, you made know, yourself look suspicious. Okay, you know what I've done with this cuckoo clock? Nothing. Is it still in it, its box? It is, it is still in its box <laughs> in the tote bag waiting to go on the wall, but I haven't taken it out of the box. I haven't even looked at it. And I got Sarah. it in, I got it in 2018. <laughs> I got it in 2018. I haven't even mm-hmm. looked at it because, oh my goodness, because they had to put pins in it so that the gears wouldn't move in transport. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not taking it out of the box until I'm ready to hang it. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't been ready to hang it. So it's still in the box. Uh, and I, so that's, and re- that's another problem like with shops. So it's like you buy yeah. the one thing you really, really want, but then you protect it so strongly that mm-hmm. you don't use it and it stays unused. We can go the opposite direction because the last time that we went to Japan, so it was you, me, Tai, and, and mom came with us too, which was mm-hmm. amazing. We had such a good time. I would so redo that oh, entire trip. Oh my um, goodness, yes. But when we went, uh, I had like one goal when we were Mm -hmm. there. And that was to find a shakuhachi flute. And I remember like before we even got to Tokyo, we looked everywhere and where to find a shakuhachi flute. And we found a shop that made them. And like, okay, we're, we're going, we we need to go get one. And it was like $2,000. And I was very, very (laughs) depressed. Um, But when we were out there, we found that there was a Yamaha store that was over in... Um, it was Ginza. Ginza. And it was like five, six, seven stories tall. 
Yeah. It, so the shop down in Ginza, the Yamaha store, and I've been to several Yamaha stores in Japan. Mm-hmm. They are all stunning. They just do the stores up in such beautiful ways. And and I think that I love that it brings the artistry to music. We found that they had like a training shakuhachi or like one of those, your first shakuhachi flutes so that you can learn how to play one. And mm-hmm. it was much cheaper. And so we definitely brought that home and then realized that playing the shakuhachi is really hard. And I have no experience so in playing any type thing of flute got, type it, It's a good thing you got a trainer one, yeah. a Dennis Blorge for the more professional one. I, I would love to learn how to play the shakuhachi. And I've been watching videos and it's way more difficult than <laughs> perseverance, right? But then I also ask myself, how many hobbies do you have and how many hobbies do you need? Oh my gosh, and I don't even want to list all mine. I get depressed every it's time long. I think about it. <laughs> yes. So, anyways, I have put together a prompt for us because in speaking of all these different types of stores and um, all these different types of things that you can collect, there's always a story behind the person that starts it. And so today's episode is a little bit more of a character sketch behind okay. the person that would start one of these unique kind of stores. And so the very first thing that I'm going to ask for you, Sarah is to come up with the character's name. And I have a prompt. So whichever character you come up with, I'm going to insert them into our story. Okay, how about Nacella? Nacella, kind of like Nutella? I wasn't even thinking of chocolate, but sure. But Nacella. Nacella. I couldn't work with that. Nacella. That sounds like a very mysterious name. And just going to put this out there already. Like, they're going to be pretty mysterious. Um, She, her? Sure, why not? Okay. So I'm just really quickly filling this into my story. So I'm just replacing all these blank spots with her name. And also my Word document says that Nasala spelled wrong, just so you know. It's okay, we made it up. Nasella. Perfect. Um, and then the last thing that you get to tell me is what kind of goods does she sell? Mm-hmm. And this can be anything. This can be things that she crafts. This can be things that she just buys and resells. This can be things that she collects. What does she sell? What does she do? Let's make her a glass artist. It could be orbs. It could be funny looking animals. (laughs) There are awesome shops like that too. Oh, they're amazing. Okay. Are we ready for this story? Sure. The twig cracked under the weight of Aldrin's foot as he walked through the forest. Golden light poured through the canopy of leaves as a cool, brisk air began to set in the coming evening. The road between Halga and Bramir was only a four-day's journey, one that Aldrin always looked forward to every couple of months. Besides, Bramir had one of the best-kept secrets this side of the Crescent Mountains, and her name was Nacella. Nowhere else could you find the world's finest glass, crafted by masterful hands. Aldrin smiled, thinking about what he might find in this particular trip. He reached a small part that drifted away from the certainty of the old road and led down the narrow passage that curled up against a steep cliff. A loud explosion caught his attention deeper in the woods. The sound of distant, cawing birds licked the winds. A hunter, he said to himself. He stopped, wincing in the direction that he thought the commotion had come from. He lingered for a moment, listening to the silence wrestle through the leaves. He shrugged it off and continued on his hike. He reached the plateau where he had been planning to rest for the night. He finally dropped his pack to relieve his back from the journey. 
The crystal clear skies overlooked the valley of trees. Dusk had begun to set in. He smiled. This is why he enjoyed this journey. This little spot right here. The view, the air, the memories of this place. He soaked it in every time he was here. A crack of lightning flashed across the sky, striking a distant tree. Yes, he heard a cry from behind him as Nacella bursted through the trees, catching Aldrin off guard. Aldrin yelled, realizing who had disturbed his peace. What are you? Nacella shot a glance back to Aldrin, pursing her lips together and lifting a finger to diffuse Aldrin's shock. She pointed in the distance towards the lightning strike, a small curl across her lips. Nacella took off at a run, chasing the lightning. You know, I just got the visual image. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've seen like shows like in the desert when there's a lightning that strikes the ground mm-hmm. and it crystallizes. Oh. And then they're able to dig up and I don't know if it's glass or what it what exactly it's like happens. Petrified. Yeah, it's like but it's lightning, it's lightning art in the ground. <gasps> I feel like I need to look this up or something. I can't. I okay, but that would be interesting because I, I literally had no idea. Like, I was like, this could be an interesting scene that we can take any direction. Lightning in the ground. I looked at petrified lightning. Fulgurite. Okay, so I just found this little thing. When, um, I guess it's from Discovery Magazine. It just says that when it hits, um, so the lightning, when the lightning hits a sandy beach high in silica or quartz and the temperature goes above or goes beyond 1,800 degrees Celsius, the lightning can fuse the sand into silica glass. The blast of a billion joules radiates through the ground, making fulgurite, hollow glass-lined tubes with a sandy outside, petrified lightning. Anacella is a glass artist, so why Which was very, she... like, the fact that you came up with that, <laughs> like... <laughs> I know, I'm actually kind of shocked. Like that, that, that fit way really better. That's really funny. Because originally when I had written this, I was assuming that lightning was like pointing her in the direction that maybe she was like using it as a way to locate what she was looking for. Or... But what if she, okay, now it has to be a sandy area and it has, mm-hmm. the property has to have the silica glass and the quartz, like silica or quartz mm-hmm. in it. So what if uh, the shop is really close to a beach, a really like white sandy beach that has. Yeah, yeah. That And what if she has learned how to control lightning? And so she specializes in creating this art by controlling the lightning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thought. <laughs> no, I think that that's a really cool idea. But the real question is, why? Is she trying to just profit off of this, this concept that she can actually control the lightning? I mean, she could potentially have maybe like tiny lightning rods that she's planted in very natural location so that it Mm -hmm. looks like a natural lightning strike i mean she could be using some magical entity to call down lightning strikes well what if um if she's using magic to control the lightning to be able to create these structures what if there is a magical property created in these petrified lightning it's pure raw energy right so there's got to be something and you know it probably could be used um Because we're talking about simultaneous transformation Mm -hmm. from one form to another form. And there's got to be something a part of that, especially if we're talking more of like a magical kind of world Mm -hmm. uh, that she might tap into. And 
Maybe she uses part of this fulgurite, petrified lightning, as artwork by itself. But what if different types of fulgurite, say like petrified trees through lightning strikes, um, petrified sand, like you're talking about from beaches, maybe that actually interacts differently. And she uses it as part of the ingredients for her glass blowing. And so what if she were to have part of her store where you can actually buy magical glass blown objects or glass sculpted objects that has the fulgurite? So she has like common stuff like that's her cheap glass. That's still very beautiful. But maybe magic is not part of this world commonly known. And she she has that rare magical shop that the different magical creatures can buy her her specialized glass that can be used as wands or be used as so you're you're saying that or she takes the fulgurite mm-hmm. and that she melts it down and turns it into into something else is that what's happening something like that yeah and extract the magical properties out of it so like the act of the lightning with uh, what the minerals that are in this particular mm-hmm. sand I want to say yeah. with sand just because like when you mentioned the tree I'm like okay I don't I don't think. No, there, there is petrified trees. Yeah, there, I know there is. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know there is, but I don't know how was the connection with fulgurite and with lightning. I don't know. That's science stuff. It is interesting. Like, what if her ability to control the lightning and it hitting the ground creates the magical? Yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay, so we have this concept. Yes. She may or may not be controlling lightning. Um, she might be like a lightning chaser. Maybe she knows how to tell She's a when the atmosphere hunter. and the sky is perfectly right for spontaneous lightning strikes. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's like a perfect alchemist. And what if she has like lightning rods or she has something like she yeah. has like a little lightning farm on the beach? What if she lives in a place where lightning is a common occurrence? Okay. And I could she, totally see that. And she has learned to profit from it. <laughs> creating these glass sculptures and Mm -hmm. now the question is are we going to make these glass sculptures magical are how much of um the fulgurite is maintained the idea of fulgurite itself is really cool like Mm -hmm. just seeing it and like turning it into something else i mean you you lose that really cool pattern but it is but you know what it would take a crazy genius to know that you can do that Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, it, I could easily see her maybe encasing the fulgurite in glass. There might be different, different ways shapes. that she can, like, different. pull it out. So does she have two stores? Like, does she have, like, her, her common store that most people come and see when they visit and, like, her? And the then she has, like, the background, the like, the back room. <laughs> the back room um, store. Maybe she creates orbs mm-hmm. encasing the fulgurites and they have magical properties of some sort or abilities. Wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Just a second. Okay. Lightning is drawn to things, right? Yes. Like usually there's a lightning strike because the electromagnetic connection happens between like earth and sky. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it can be sky and sky. But the two points connect and cause that lightning strike to, to occur through the energy. This is obviously me, not a lightning scientist talking about things that I don't understand. Okay. So what if the type of magic that it can produce is draw magic, magic that can draw things into it, okay? Okay. So what if when she grinds up the fulgurite, this is going with the grinding up fulgurite concept. Mm -hmm. What if she makes magical property like orbs and charms 
that can draw things into them, say like bad dreams or like emotions or or something where she can like literally draw things out of people into these orbs and capture them. Hmm. That'd be cool. But the question, if we go with something like that, the question that I have is why? What's the why behind all of this? How did she get started into this? Like, when when did she discover that this was possible? Maybe she was a little girl. Maybe um, creating a story. Mm-hmm. One afternoon, the sky turned to black and there are flashes of lightning. She was watching from a distance when it struck the ground. She was traveling with her family. And because they were unfamiliar with this area, they were unfamiliar with all the lightning that was happening. Mm-hmm. Her father got killed. Oh, he got that struck by really lightning sad. on this beach. And, oh, goodness, do I really want to go this route? Um, I think dark stories could be good stories. Okay. As her family, who have been traveling for hundreds of miles, enter onto this beach, and it's beautiful, and it seems like this would be the perfect place to settle down after their long journey. And all of a sudden, a storm begins to form in a matter of minutes. Dark clouds rolling forth. They've never seen this phenomenon before. And as usually happens, they start feeling mm. the electromagnetic energy in the air. I have only felt that once and it was horrifying. <sighs> they started feeling their hair rise a little, that mm-hmm. prickly on the skin. And then they realized where they were. They were near water and that they needed to find shelter. Mm-hmm. But before they were able to do so, lightning strikes are dancing in the sky, creating webs of light and shooting down into the ground. She was shocked and horrified at what she was seeing. And her father was yelling at her mother and her two younger brothers to run back into the forest right next to the beach. And he pushed them forth. And suddenly around him, lightning danced and spread forth, killing him dead on the spot. Sparks of light surrounded him in a circle, shooting down into the ground. It wasn't safe for a few minutes while the lightning came. But when they went to go find her father, they noticed pieces of glass rising up. As they dug it out, they suddenly felt the pain that was overwhelming and consuming them into the crystallized lightning spheres. Hmm. This emotion that they didn't want to have, the sadness that they were being overwhelmed by, was drawn into these crystalline structures that were surrounding their father and, in the case of the wife, her husband. So wait, did they even get to mourn their dad or did, did the petrified what if it, lightning what like, if it take wasn't, that from them? What, what, what if it wasn't so sudden? What if it was, did they discover it immediately? Maybe they didn't. Maybe, because it seems sad. I don't, they, they need to have a mourning, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe... What if it's like a painkiller where when she's not touching it, she's fine. When she doesn't have it, she's she's just incredibly sad at realizing everything that's happened. But as soon as she touches it, like that dulls and that's like absorbed so away. So these are like um, bliss. They're bliss webs. Oh. oh hmm. And that almost makes it sound like a drug. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> bliss webs. And what if she doesn't tell people how she's able to form these? And it's just like her little secret of this lightning Mm -hmm. and the ground. And she's able to take them and morph them into orbs. She herself isn't magical. Mm -hmm. This is just a phenomenon in this area 
just the right conditions, the right that materials. That she's learned how to harness, literally. Yeah. And people And maybe maybe that's why they those ones sell so much more. Is that when mm-hmm. you touch them, it, it's kind of like so you know how lightning connects at two ends? Like both ends are attracted to each other. What if she creates these other forms where when you touch it, not only does it make you feel better, but you're drawn to want to have that piece. Like you're literally drawn to it. And so she's able to, A, because of the magical properties that she's not telling people about, she can just naturally mark those ones up Mm -hmm. because she knows that a person, as soon as they touch it, they have to walk away with it. Makes them instantly happier. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes, okay, number one, why is this guy? I don't know. What was his name? Aldrin? So this is Aldrin. Yeah. Aldrin. Why did he come to the store? Did he know this place existed? Yeah. He well, in the story itself, he's on his way. He's on his way to the city. And every time he goes to the town, he likes to visit the store. Mm-hmm. So is he aware of these, these bliss, let's call them bliss orbs, these bliss orbs that mm-hmm. Nacella makes? He's probably not aware. Maybe she's never shown him that area because she knows that he doesn't have the money to buy them, (laughs) which is really sad. So it's just better. Maybe she pinpoints and she's like, okay, well, that person I can do into buying. So like literally people get these and then they just keep it a secret. Like, why would this not spread? Like maybe over prolonged periods of time, it makes you envious of others. And so you don't want people to know it. Maybe you don't want it stolen. Maybe it has to stay secret. Does it become like a golem in his ring situation? <laughs> I mean, it could. But this is really starting to paint Nacella as kind of a devious person. Yeah. She's crafty, isn't she? And profiting, she's made a whole industry Profiting off of on this. her father's death. Well, the discovery caused by her father's death. So then Which while, is very unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, so why is Aldrin there? And what... Okay, so he frequents the shop often. Because she, she is a fine workmanship. Her... Um, what if he's also a craftsman? What what if he also makes things in the little town that he's from and he has to go to the city um uh, to get supplies? What so if maybe he frequences her shop because she um, has to find a sand. What if he's a woodcarver mm-hmm. and he likes to make staves? Like um well he can he's a carpenter of sorts. And <gasps> I can just imagine he, yeah. What if he does all of the display carving for her pieces? He yeah. he makes like all the the displays. He makes all of the uh, like really really beautiful artistic like wood sculptures that like mm-hmm. hold each of the pieces that she makes. And so what, what if, if they're a partnership? Yeah. They could be. And what if he makes the staffs that her orbs? I don't know if they want to. Maybe I guess if people are keeping it secret, well, that I, wouldn't I mean, be a thing. But I can see. Yeah, I can see no. like. They could make like walking staves and he doesn't know that the orbs that she puts into them have magical properties. He just thinks that it's like a decorative walking staff. Because it sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of people in this world, they walk a lot. They, it seems like there's not vehicles. It's more of a caravan type mm-hmm. place. Um, and so having a good walking staff is a very common thing to have. Part of the things that he primarily makes are these walking sticks that he takes to her to embed her very beautiful glass and crystals that she might have. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't but, know that some of them are special and have yeah. these bliss orbs. Um, now, that's fascinating. Like, to me, that's the start of a very fascinating story. And I love the fact that they actually have a solid relationship. What if he is suffering a loss that mm-hmm. maybe he just lost a parent? Maybe his mother just mm-hmm. passed and he is overwhelmed by grief. Um, someone that he's looked after and taken care of. Mm-hmm. And 
because they have this partnership. So he wouldn't have been able to afford one of these bliss orbs, Mm -hmm. but because they are friends and, you know, like endless conversations and whatnot, Mm -hmm. what if she gets one to him? Yeah. And we, we can go the other route, you know, because he catches her in the moment of harvesting mm-hmm. one of these. What if he follows after her? What if he's so be- bewildered that he chases after her in the forest, which leads down to the beach? And she already knows, like, maybe maybe he had a parent that passed away. Maybe it's been a couple of months. He likes visiting her because he always feels better in her shop. And he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. And so maybe something else might have happened in his life. That is causing him to make this trip and he's trying to make the best of it, which is why he's feeling pretty good, even though his mind has been overwhelmed. Well, he could be he can just be simply visiting her ship because he has deliver a delivery. I mean, that's true, too. <laughs> of course. And he's just never caught her in the moment of harvesting mm-hmm. these crystals or yeah. these um, glass webs. And I think it's pretty common knowledge that lightning strikes pretty normally here. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't stray from the trusted path. Yeah, what if, okay, so what if it's rumored in the village or whatever, and she lives on the outskirts, she lives, Mm -hmm. her shop is close to this beach, but Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous beach, but because of the lightning, there's this rumor never to go on this beach because it's dangerous and you might die, and many have died. There's probably been several people that have died. Yeah. Outside of her father. I mean, maybe her father's death is a pretty famous one. Mm Because it sounds like they were traveling and they didn't know the warnings. Or maybe if there were warning signs, they just avoided them or didn't see them. Mm -hmm. And so it's common knowledge within those in the area to avoid the speech. And so Mm -hmm. she uses that to her advantage because nobody knows what the lightning creates. Or maybe that's where she has her workshop. Yeah, that's what I said. It's it's next to Oh, I thought you meant her her store itself. So the store would still be in town, but her workshop is out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the lightning um, forms in this little area, but her, mm-hmm. because she is far enough away, they're safe. Mm-hmm. And so he's wondering, why is she running onto the beach? And maybe he's for, uh, afraid for her life. Maybe he's scared that something's going to happen to her. Oh, But he doesn't okay. realize that she's using it to her advantage. And, that... and she doesn't think that he's stupid enough to follow her. Yeah. And so he probably he gets to see... Does you know, this this petrified lightning in its pure form. And maybe this, maybe the beach itself has specific properties. Maybe it's a very special sand. There's more to it than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the lightning is drawn to that particular spot of sand. And Um, why it creates the bliss orbs. mm -hmm. What if she's trying, like, what if she wants something more? What if she's trying to find fragments? Okay, now this is my mind going dark. Okay. okay. What if when her father passed away, like fragments of him, I, I don't, not like him blown up, but I don't know, maybe. I, okay. Mm. Um, we. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's take that out. What if she was able to find or discover that for some reason, part of his memory was absorbed into the sand when he passed, right mm-hmm. after the strike? Like the lightning went through him, killing him. But because it absorbs and draws out memories and emotions, what if the sand has that drawing capability as well and absorbed a lot of his after image, like his afterglow? And so every time there's a lightning strike, she's searching for fragments of her father's afterglow. So then would she be profiting on her father's essence? No, no, she doesn't sell those pieces. 
Okay. Whenever she finds like a piece that she can detect or feel. But is it possible that from all those who have died on the beach, there might be essence of different people Mm -hmm. who are scattered about? Yeah, she can sell other people. She doesn't care about them. (laughs) (laughs) And so maybe the, the essence that go into these orbs, and maybe they're not all bliss orbs. Maybe... They do different mm. things. They hollow out Ugh. different emotions, different <laughs> mm-hmm. feelings, and it's tied to the people who have perished on the beach. Now, that is sad. <laughs> oh, that That's is depressing. Really yeah. Huh. Okay. That, that has my mind buzzing in so many different directions of different types of magic systems that you can create with this yeah. kind of concept. Um, I'd have to imagine that this isn't the only beach uh, in this world that can do this. But this seems to be like a very potent beach. Yeah. It's just fascinating. Uh, okay, cool. I, I think that we have the <laughs> basis of building a world, some very interesting characters. And obviously, like, this doesn't dive into now, now what the conflict just, of the story would be. But Now we just depressed everyone. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Don't go to a really nice, like, beach resort. And never mind. I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, I, I think from this point, we would have to discover what the conflict is. Maybe they get into trouble. Does, does she realize that the emotional essence that are being created in these bliss webs, or is it necessarily bliss webs? Can they have other mm-hmm. emotions? Is she aware of the fact that it's being tied, connected to the memory of those who have been killed or their essence she probably doesn't maybe she, i mean but she has to if she knows that her father's essence is there yeah um so and then how uh, does she protect herself oh <laughs> uh, i feel like well, we're gonna need a whole other episode just to explore what that means uh, hmm so is is this a good place for us to say like okay blank page we'll have to think about it later maybe like i feel like this is such a downer note though like it feels like a downer, leaving it there. Like, it's so inconclusive. Hmm. Okay, what if she is more generous than we give her credit for? Okay. What if she needs to survive? That's why she targets certain demographics to make a living, because she's very desperate to complete what she's trying to do. But what if she actually does go through and she helps people that suffer? Okay? Okay. And um, maybe every morning when Nacella gets up, she takes two or three of these miniature little charms with her and she just goes through a stroll through the city and as she sees somebody who might be having like a really bad day or somebody who is suffering different ways she likes to give out these little like these little keepsakes and she's like here if like this is something that my dad taught me to make like if it's like a little pouch well what if it's okay i just thought what if it's fleeting like what if it's something that doesn't last long like right after it's been made after she's made Mm -hmm. gone through the process of making it like it's something that's not an indefinite Mm -hmm. so like if she gives it to someone it's like a hand warmer yeah it's like Like you you break it it open and it lasts so long (laughs) yeah and so it's not something that people can go profit from or give around or Mm -hmm. pass around it's like they enjoy the benefit of it it's like they're absorbing it back into them Oh, but I don't know if I like the idea of it being from people's essence. That's so sad. Yeah. It's like you're literally absorbing somebody's good memories. Um, and maybe she can detect if, if they're bad memories, like bad essences. Because and you maybe- can have that go into someone. And then what if she uses that against, like if she, if, if you're a malicious type mm-hmm. individual, you can use that. You can do mm-hmm. bad things. Yeah, it, I can definitely see her having a good nature to her. And at the end of the day, like this seems like it's a brand new 
quote unquote science. It's a brand new type of magic theory that she literally has no idea what she's doing. So obviously in the story, she's going to get herself in trouble. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and Aldrin um, or, or vice gets versa, called, maybe caught up in it. Yeah. Yeah. All this kind of good stuff. Again, I, I think that we're going to need like a whole other hour or two <laughs> to, to flesh out flesh that kind out. of story. So I think with this episode being more along the lines of a character sketch tied coincidentally to a magic system, I, I think that we have a lot for us to think about. I think we achieved what I was hoping to. We discovered Nacella. We discovered mm-hmm. who she is, how she got started doing what she's doing, and how she's running this little shop. And so I think that there's a full story behind her shop that is both fascinating and can be taken to so many deeper levels. So I, I think that I accomplished what I was hoping to in in starting this particular subject. So it might not be a complete story, but as a character sketch, as a store sketch, and as a concept, it definitely fulfills uh, the the foundation of what would become a full story. I want to know more about Nacella. I want to know more about Aldrin. I want to know more about what is this journey that he has stumbled upon because he is mm-hmm. now caught up in something. Yeah. Because I feel like we we've did a bunch of background work, but like the plot, we don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. Because he follows her on the beach. So now essentially what we've done is we provided background information to your story, but we haven't really moved beyond your story. And, but that's okay. I think it's okay for us to literally just develop a foundation. There has to be more than just her having a shop. I mean, there has to be an adventure. Oh, and of I course can, there is. I can definitely see an adventure. And is it all just on the beach? Is it all just mm-hmm. him running and discovering her... Controlling, like, what if she find she's learned how to master the lightning, and mm-hmm. is a part of the rumor being spread through the village to stay mm-hmm. away from the speech. But as the, in, because of her, there's more lightning strikes than there yes, usually are. She's made it like more it's dangerous, even more dangerous, and they and, don't know it's her. But but what she doesn't realize is that she's the one who's doing it. Okay, and, and I hate to break it. this, like I hate to pull this back dark again, but. Mm-hmm. What if she, what if the essence in the beach is starting to get a little faint? And so she has to lure people onto the oh, beach no, to, to replenish them? the essence. No. We then can take this, it that dark if you want to. Does this then become a mystery, a murder mystery type situation? It could. And what if or she what, uh, discovers like what's happening like and he flick. now has to stop her? Stop her? Like it's a, a heart. This becomes a heart flick of some sort where a thriller. What yeah. what if um, she's lured someone onto the beach and he's about to witness something and he <laughs> oh, no. saves the person. But now she's become the villain. What if we just created our villain and all? Oh, no. Oh, is no, the hero. Sarah. OK, it, going back to the story, because I still have this open here. Mm-hmm. So a crack of lightning flashes across the sky. I said strike in tree. I think we both know now that we couldn't see what it was. It was striking something. Mm-hmm. She yells yes from behind him and bursts out because now she's running down to the beach. What if she set a trap and the lightning strike was to signify that the mousetrap snapped and she caught someone? And mm-hmm. that's why she was so excited. She wasn't expecting it, but her little private beach caught a new person and that's why there's a lightning strike. And then the mystery, and this is where the story starts. Mm-hmm. Did she really catch this person? Did he follow and was he able to save her? And now our story is a survival story. And well, this is a third her. person. Yes. Well, he's tied to her, but he is the outside observer who's now become yeah. a part of what she's doing. Yeah. And 
wanting to stop her. Yeah. Because so, suddenly... So, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know, like, when he's up on the cliffside and that lightning strike happens. I think we just created a villain. And I yeah. think Aldrin is the hero who has yeah. to save the day. And I think it also comes down to maybe he doesn't realize, maybe when this happens, the body doesn't necessarily remain. It's just, like, absorbed in. Like, the essence is literally just shot through the ground. The fact that she's doing this because she discovered it with her father, I think, is really sad and very sinister. What if these bliss orbs have affected her mentally? Like Oh, it, they would have to, especially over a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. But the thing, too, is that, like, maybe the person that Aldrin was going to meet in the village, outside of him delivering his crafts to her, because mm-hmm. he definitely has a connection to her, what if he was going to see somebody else who has now gone missing? And he follows her out to the beach and doesn't see anything because the person is gone, Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we could really So the person he was going to meet is the one who's been captured on the beach. Who, the one who's now gone. Yeah. I think we've now turned this into a murder mystery. It's like a, it's a horror susp- suspenseful flick. Yeah. It's like literally Little Shop of Horrors part two. Mm-hmm. Minus the plants. Yeah. And a fantastical setting. That all started with the glass artist named Nacella. And I think we'll close the episode down from there. Yay! (laughs) Cool. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in this episode today as we learned about so many different crazy things and, of course, our favorite shops from around the world. Um, I'm really excited to see how this story could develop because it's become a total thriller, which I was not expecting, so... I, we, we dragged it down and I'm kind of excited about that so it's, it's good times anyways if you want to follow us um, if this is your first time to the show you can follow us on Twitter at Creators PB Pod you can also find us on Facebook at Creators Playbook and if you want to say anything about today's episode definitely check down in the show notes I think that's everything do you have anything else Sarah? nope just have fun creating yeah go make yourself a shop Create a character, come up with a random thing that this character sells, and create yourself a whole story around it and have fun. Bye-bye. Bye. Creator's Playbook is a Talea Studios production. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make.